step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Three-time winner for Best Sports Reporter and Commissioner of the SECHC. And Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the music city. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 1025 The Game. Welcome to Penalty Box Radio. This is Justin Bradford along with Glenn Blackwell rounding out the hockey block here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Boy, we have a great show tonight, Glenn. Not only are we going to talk some Preds, but we have the head coach for the Milwaukee Admirals, Carl Taylor, joining us. And then Philip Tomasino, the National Predators' first-round pick in the 2019 draft back in Vancouver, back in June, joining us, who is the OHL Player of the Week. Yep, he, he we are a, covering all oh, things yeah. hockey today. In the Music City. In the Music City. So let's go ahead and start off by looking at last night's game. 5-2 victory over the San Jose Sharks. And hey, this was a little bit of a flip for me because we saw on Saturday against the Red Wings, <laughs> that score was a little interesting there, even though the Predators totally outplayed the Red Wings, just found a way to win. And the good thing, if anything, Anthony Mantha went on to have quite the weekend for the Red Wings. So it wasn't one of those, oh, well, you know, really bad team. Yeah, they're going to be a bad team, but they started off pretty hot. The Red Wings did. But the National Predators outplayed the Red Wings, and they lost the game. And I think last night, the San Jose Sharks, at times, were completely dominant of the National Predators. But the Predators found a way to win, and good teams find ways to win, even when you're getting outplayed. That's, I think, the storyline going in. It wasn't necessarily that the Predators dominated that whole game. It's that they scored timely goals when they needed to, and that's how you win games. Even if you are having to be stuck in your own zone for 3 minutes and 11 seconds, Matt Irwin, Mm -hmm. or 2 minutes, 25 seconds, Austin Watson, they still didn't allow a goal. They didn't take a penalty. Those are the types of situations when if you are stuck out there on a 3-minute-plus shift, which is almost unfathomable, that's when you're usually going to take a penalty or allow a goal because they looked so winded, and Matt Irwin playing left D – in the second period, the longest change that there is was so gassed out there, but he, he made it through it. I know Jeremy K. Gover, the Predators Radio Network, was able to speak to him as well. So it was just interesting to see that they battled some things last night, but still came out with a W. Yeah, and we talk about that often, how important that is to, you know, you can't ever discount a team. The Sharks were coming in 0-3 when they came to Nashville. 0-4 now. 0-4 now, but when they came into Nashville, yeah, 0-3. Evander Kane was coming back from a suspension. Um, he took two penalties. Like, he messed up an odd man rush with him and Couture and Thornton. And it was just right off the bat, it was, there were failure to clear zones. They were really, really struggling. But where the Preds capitalized was they took advantage of every opportunity that the Sharks gave them. And yeah, like you said, they didn't, the Predators didn't dominate the Sharks the entire game. But when you come up with a win, that's what matters. So, And the big thing, Pecorine came out a big win. He absolutely had to because... If you want to look at the fancy stats, the, the shots <laughs> were coming out of everywhere for the San Jose Sharks. We were seeing them just getting peppered in their own zone. And if you look at just the game flow on that stat trick and see how much the, the Sharks dominate possession of that game and where they're getting shots from right in that home area, right point blank for the Pecorine making some stellar saves. That's also what's important. But one of the players I want to focus on, and he's obviously the focus of a lot of people, Matt Duchesne. Mm. What a start he mm-hmm. is having with this National Predators team. Six points in three games. And let's look at from George Matarangas. 
he got he's been tracking a lot of stats. So make sure you're following him and Michael Wade on Twitter. He are the Penalty Box Radio Analytics guys tracking so many of these unique, fun stats to really give you an idea of the game. So the Duchesne line in terms of zone exits and entries that we were talking about before, they had twenty one successful zone entries, most of any line, and better than second place by five. They also have the most completed slot passes of any line in the team. That's for the first couple of games. That line is cranking right now. Him and Forsberg and Mikael Glenland are just balling out there. And it's pretty fun to see. So much so that the Johansson, Arvidsson, Smith fine. It's like, oh, the pressure's not on us to have to perform. Hmm. Yeah. Guess, uh, guess we should just do what we do. And then their defense against San Jose in terms of the natural predators. The biggest stat is that they couldn't move the puck last night. And this is what we were talking about. We're getting stuck in their own zone. So of the 53 attempted zone exits, 12 were failed. They didn't exit the zone. 22 were dump outs. So 64% were without possession. That's, that's concerning because you need to cleanly exit the zone. And then the stat that strikes the most is the third pair allowed the most slot passes, which was three. We kind of know that third pairing... It's a little interesting. It needs a little bit of, bit of work out there, but you know they got the W, and that's again what's most important. So again, let's go back to Duchesne. These some great stats that are found by intern Danielle. It's right here, Matt Duchesne. This is this is the best start he's had in his career, and we go back so many years, all the way to twenty, sorry, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, where he his first three games one assist, his first three games in the next season a goal assist, an assist, and an assist, and then most of the time he's getting two or three points. To start off the season, his average time on ice already for three games is seventeen forty six. So that's exactly where you need him to be. As well, I think it's pretty safe to say that is the first line. Exactly, <laughs> right yeah. now, which is okay. That's that's totally okay for that to be the first line and the Johansson line to be the second line. No pressure. Now that makes it more difficult for a defense to have to prepare for this whole team when they don't just have one single line to prepare for, but they have two or three lines that could score on you. Yep, it makes them like we talked about last week less predictable, but also it takes the pressure off of the other lines. It takes the pressure off of the top line to say this isn't all on us. It's going to allow more people like Kyle Turris to be able to go in and score goals and step up because they don't have the weight of the world on their shoulders. So it's fascinating to watch. I mean, everybody's been super excited about seeing Duchesne, where he was going to fit in, how he was going to fit in. He's been, you know, like Danielle said in the stats, he's been collecting apples since the very first (laughs) NHL debut, and he has not slowed down. I know the Predators uh, PR tweeted out last night that his six assists are the most by a Preds player throughout the team's first three games in franchise history. So, I mean, he's just, you know, making history and making it look easy. David Leguan and Steve Sullivan for most points in the first three games. I mean, when you think about it, those are names that Predators fans usually associate. Maybe not as much David Leguan, but he's an original Pred. But Steve Sullivan... Still rings true for so many fans uh, of this franchise. And now looking at it, too, Matt Duchesne, we've talked about this. And the the expectation talk is what we've been doing so much of uh, with the media, with fans and everything of what's the expectation? What are the point totals we should expect from Matt Duchesne where he's basically averaging 53 total points uh, in the 50s as an average? So he had a 70 point season last season, and that's really high above. Mm -hmm. I think the expectation is around 60, and that'd be great. Now, on, on a pace that he's on right now, which is obviously going to be difficult to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 3-2-1, maybe then a 1-2-3, 3-2-1, 1-2-3. That'd be great. <laughs> if you could just keep that just up. Just keep that up. <laughs> I think if, if 60 points would be a great expectation. If he could get anywhere close to 70, that's phenomenal. And 70 plus, then it's like, oh, money's worth yep. right there. I 100% agree. You do. That's great. I do. That's yeah. great. I mean, the expectations are great. You can tell he's having fun here, too. That's the thing. That's and like, important. And you hate to, I hate even the word expectation because you don't want to say, 
you know, he has to get this in order for it to be a success that he's on this team. Like, I mean, he could be, you know, 50, 55 points, and it's still, like, he's still successful because he's setting people up right. I mean, his pass last night on Forsberg's oh, goal. Oh, my gosh, it was like, so beautiful. Like, when you're doing the right things <laughs> like that, it's, I mean, you know. When your pass, even though the goal didn't directly relate from that pass. But still. It's still associated with it because exactly. the rebound went yep. up to Yossi. But can you imagine if Forsberg has been, had been able to score on that pass? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the vision that Matt Duchesne had on that, to sense the puck was coming to him, to know that a player who was the, the perfect shot as well, that's having Forsberg on that side was the perfect angle, because you can imagine if it was the opposite, you wouldn't be able to get a shot off like that yeah. either. But to have him over there, to see him, to be able to quickly pop it over to him and have that almost go in off the pipe. I know, and that's the thing. It's like there's the going to be some nights where, yeah, it might not, and he might... He might contribute in some way shape or form and he didn't show up on the scoreboard but yet he's benefiting the team and yeah. so that's why it's hard to say expectation point wise but anything up in that range I think is obviously a huge huge success well, we saw that in the preseason with him as well is that maybe he didn't get a point necessarily but he was contributing you could see and that's what you mm-hmm. want to do too doesn't always have to show up on the score sheet but how is he contributing to the game what is he contributing yep. to the game whether it's you know maybe it's a Maybe it was a third pass. <laughs> it wasn't the secondary exactly. assist, but it was a yep. tertiary assist. But it's not tertiary, credited. That's great. Yes, <laughs> but, it's, but it's not credited on the score sheet. But he made something happen. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's those clean zone exits. That's what you want. You want clean zone exits. We're not just dumping it. You're not just icing it. You're not getting a pass intercepted as well. Which Dante Farber did a pretty good job of intercepting passes. Still, some things he needs to work on. Obviously, as a rookie, but that's totally okay. He's been playing fairly mm-hmm. well for a guy that's only 15 games into his NHL career. Yep. But. Doing all those little things is what you want to see happen with this team. So overall, I mean, I think it's a decent start to the season because even in the Red Wings game, there's things you could build off of that were positive and not atrocious. There are some things you could just point at of fix that and you're going to be fine. Exactly. I yeah. really think coming into tomorrow, I think we're talking about San Jose being the first good test, but now we're starting to see what San Jose is like, which is, oh, first line, second line, who? Yeah. For the I mean, rest of the and, team. And everybody's talking about San Jose from last season. This is different. Right. Very different, different San Jose. Story, so. I mean, Patrick Marlowe is going to be on the first line, and then the first line is yeah. going to be, you know, the old man yeah. line out there. So you know, I want to talk some about some upcoming events as well, because, you know, we talk about all things hockey, music, city. There, there's not any more high school games this week because it's fall break. But next week, a whole slew of games at all three rinks around the area coming up Centennial and Antioch and Bellevue as well. So you have Pope John Paul II, CPA. Uh, playing Ensworth and Olinsville. That's Monday at 5 p.m. at Centennial. Then Franklin Hume Fogg BGA playing the Tennessee Outlaws at Centennial at 6.30. Montgomery Bell Academy and Father Ryan. Hoo-hoo. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one at Centennial at 8 p.m. on Monday. So then we have Brentwood, Hendersonville, Station Camp Beach, Monday at Bellevue at 9 p.m. So many different games going on right there. Then college-wise, locally, there's so many hockey games coming up. Vanderbilt's playing Alabama-Birmingham this Sunday at 2.30 at Fordyce Center, Bellevue. And then the University of Tennessee, they have plenty of games coming up because they take on Mississippi State on Friday right after the Ice Bears game. So you can go to the Ice Bears game, stay after, and watch the Tennessee Ice Falls. And then on Sunday the 13th, they take on Eastern Kentucky at 11 a.m. at the Knoxville Coliseum. And then the University of Alabama and Huntsville, the D1 team, taking on Omaha Friday and Saturday night in Omaha. You can stream that at nchc.tv. So lots of college Ooh, hockey coming up. It's a lot. Lots of hockey. There, there's yep. so much hockey out there, folks. If the Preds aren't going away, which, hey, they're about to take a road trip, there's so much local hockey you can go out there and support. Did you know that? Did you? You do now. You do now. Thanks to Penalty <laughs> Box Radio. So, Glenn, you know, it's only the fall right now, but it's a good time to start planning vacations. You know, you want to think ahead. You want to plan ahead. And 
We're taking a penalty box radio cruise with ships and trips travel on Royal Caribbean on the Liberty of the Seas. That's mm. going to be fun. It's going to be cruised fun. right into that transition. Great. Oh, thank you. Thank Love you for it. acknowledging that. <laughs> July 12th to 19th, it's for a special hockey fan cruise in the Liberty of the Seas. It's sailing out of Galveston. We're going to Cozumel, Costa Maya, and Roatan, Honduras. And the purpose of this trip is not just to get people together, but it's to support a good cause, too. So bringing Preds fans together, and we're going to support the Natural Predators Foundation through fundraisers, through private cocktail parties, through Chuck-a-Puck. And we're going to have Chuck-a-Puck because you know what? They have an ice rink on the ship. That's the best part. Yeah, That's we, what I was going to say. We have three private rentals of the ice with this cruise as well. Private rentals to go out and ice skate and play broomball. We're going to do that. In the so, middle of the ocean. In the middle of the ocean. It's going to be fantastic. So we're going to have other fun events, too, like that ice rink, like cocktail parties, trivia nights, Q&As, and so much more. So you need to book that on HockeyFanCruise.com. That's HockeyFanCruise.com. And we'll be talking more with Milwaukee Admirals head coach Carl Taylor coming up next Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell here at ESPN 1025. We have producer Calvin behind the glass. We have the interns in the studio. It's a full house here again, talking all things hockey, music city. And joining us right now, we have the head coach for the Milwaukee Admirals, Carl Taylor, joining us on the line. Carl, how you doing? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Really, really excited to follow the Milwaukee Admirals this season, uh, given the talent that's down there. And I'm sure kind of licking your chops during a rookie camp and training camp to see the kind of talent you're going to have there. And let's let's ignore what happened Sunday and look at the rest of the season. How excited are you about the squad that you have with you right now? Well, uh, two things. Uh, I am excited, but let's not ignore it too much. <laughs> okay. Because the... Uh, that's part of the process. You know, we played a good team on Sunday, uh, but with some of our first-year pros who are very talented, probably going to have a good NHL future. Uh, it's a bit of a process. They have to see it, smell it, taste it. just takes a little time for them to understand just how good this uh, American Hockey League is. And uh, I think that was a little bit of us. And obviously we had a couple of injuries there on Sunday that hurt us too. But uh, long story is, process but yes we got some great young players we're very excited to work with and I, I remember last season as well you talking to us here on the show and and when you were down here as well that about development working with these guys and knowing they all come from different backgrounds and different cultures and things like that lots of new faces on this team as well what did you have to do during training camp to kind of get everybody integrated into just the culture of the milwaukee admirals well i, I think the, the, the main part is we have a good core returning and so they have an idea of what we want as a staff here and the environment and what we're trying to create here. So we started with some building blocks, but I've learned in the past by making the mistake, you start over every season. So there's no, there are those four months in the summer, the guys tend to forget quite a bit. So, uh, you know, we're starting fresh with this group because there's new pieces to it, but there's no question we're uh, trying to implement our systems, implement how we're going to act, how we're going to carry ourselves and the type of gameplay that we expect to see. Uh, night in and night out. And Coach, I want to dig a little bit deeper onto the injuries that you mentioned. I mean, obviously, no time is a good time to get plagued by injuries, but it just seems like that the ads can't catch a break right now. So I kind of want to get your mindset on what practice has been like navigating through the injuries and what's your approach just from a team standpoint on getting the guys adjusted to the other players being in and out of the lineup? 
Well, we try to use everyone in, in different situations, but uh, obviously we have a couple of guys out that are big pieces down the middle, uh, and they're not major injuries. They'll be fine, but we got to let them develop, and when the medical staff tells us that they're ready to go, we'll insert them back into the lineup, which would be outstanding to add those pieces. But in the same breath, it's a great opportunity for other guys to step into that role, try to grab some ice time, and whether we plan to use them as we are going to have to or not, it's a great opportunity for them to uh, grab that ice and not let us take it away when the other guys do get healthy. As far as practice, you really want to try to have guys work through different spots in your lineup and plan for these things. Every season, there's always lots of injuries and different things that occur, so you have to be ready for the unexpected. And I have to say, we absolutely loved watching camp this year. There was so much talent that it was actually hard for a lot of Preds fans up here to see some of the players go to Milwaukee after making such an impression. And then, you know, the ads fans are ecstatic because the team that they have in front of them this year is incredibly deep. Um, I wanted to touch on Rem Pitlick. He made quite an impression on a lot of people here, including myself. And I wanted to get your insights on what he brings to the, te- to the team and what his greatest strengths are that you feel like once he's fully developed are going to benefit the Preds down the line. Well, you know, he's, he's got lots of potential, and he's a good player now. He plays with lots of pace and energy, so those are outstanding things that we're trying to get everyone to do. Uh, but for him, like I said, he, he's just got to get his feet wet here, understand the pro game, get into the grind of playing back-to-back nights with travel and being on the buses and the different uh, rigors of playing in the American Hockey League, which is a great experience, obviously, as you can see by – I'm not sure what the number is. It's like 13 to 15 guys in Nashville that have spent some time in the American League to develop, understand their game, hone their game, and get it to a level where the consistency allows them to play at the NHL level uh, uh, successfully. And again, Milwaukee Admirals head coach Carl Taylor joining us on the line. And Carl, looking at this roster as well, you have a few guys that obviously have some NHL talent. I mean, Mika Salamaki, Frederick Gaudreau, and looking at some of the newer addition like Steven Santini. How does that having NHL experience help translate it to them being leaders on this team and being able to help being a leader to some of these young guys that may be new to being a pro? Well, I think those guys have been places where other people want to be. So I think it allows them to ask questions and to see what their paths were. And uh, it's great to see all the guys that have come down that, you know, initially those are some tough decisions that had to be made. And when the guys come down, they've been uh, usually a little disappointed, but the group coming down as though they did want to stay there, obviously, we all know that, but they come down with great attitudes, excited to learn, excited to maybe get more minutes they were getting uh, in the past, a chance to have a bigger role. Uh, So how they handle that disappointment and how they perform day in and day out, uh, usually they're a little more seasoned, a little more uh, water under their bridge for those young guys to watch and see. It should elevate all the young guys we have here, the Pitlicks, the Tolvans, the Davies, these guys that we're trying to get them to understand sooner. They see these guys come back, and they're not being hostages. They're not feeling like they're, they're up against it. They're being pros and setting an example for those guys to learn from. And that is an amazing way for them to look at it as well. And you mentioned him, Ellie Tolvanen, and I remember back during, I think it was rookie camp, when you were asked about this too and, and, and his progression. Now last year maybe he had 15 goals, but then you said, well, yeah, but maybe he had 15 posts as well and that he, he's so close and he's working hard. And everybody's seen that as well. He lost some of that extra weight and, and it was looking more faster out there as well. So Ellie Tolvanen, everybody's always asking the question of how close is he and what are you seeing in his progression just from last season 
and through the off season and, and already now to where he's projecting and that he is, is he following the, the path that he needs to be following? It's guaranteed. I don't think I've done inter- one interview without somebody asking me about Tolby. So <laughs> we have to. <laughs> I'm always ready for that question. I know it's coming for sure. And uh, he's doing good. He's doing well. He probably had some uh, disappointment leaving Nashville, especially with you know the work he did put in and how he performed through the prospect camp and then through the uh, exhibition season. So uh, he, you know what? He's still very young. People have to understand mm-hmm. this is a young man who is uh, still starting his pro career, and everyone develops at whatever process and pace that they can handle. Uh, It's not right or wrong. It's just different for everyone. If you've been in the American League for a few years, you understand that. And uh, when they are ready, they'll be the best player that's here, and that's that's a challenge. Now we got this group of young guys, and we got guys that played for our team last year that pretty much all exceeded expectations in Nashville. There's lots of guys, lots of competition. We need to get them focused, developing as a team here, getting the W's we need here, but also pushing each other. And and the old iron sharpens iron as they push forward and challenge each other in practice and in the games for ice time to see who's going to get the call up when the opportunity is presented. So we expect Tolby to be one of those guys pushing for that opportunity. Absolutely. It's been fun to, fun to watch his development and everything as well. Now let's move to the blue line. You mentioned Jeremy Davies, but also the blue line is so stacked in terms of there's so many options here and it's got to be a little difficult. You have a new addition like Steven Santini, but then you have guys that have been there like Matt Donovan and Alexander Carrier and Frederick Allard. Then another new addition, Brandon Fortunato, who David Poyle signed right, right out of college. Is it? It's a, it's a good problem to have to have to have some of these tough decisions to make on who to dress the blue line, is it not? It is for sure, and, and uh, you know, but you're you're going to have the injuries come up. We all know that, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, we have a great group back there. We have a nice balance, and uh, once we get our stride and we get everyone's figured out which way we're going and how we're playing and how we want to play fast and attack with a possession attitude as we cross the the blue line and get after it. But our D need to be part of our offense, very similar to Nashville. We have similar thought processes, uh, Peter and I, and how we want the game to be played. And so we emulate a lot of things that Nashville does because it's what I like uh, and uh, how we want to play. We expect all our defensemen to join the rush, and we have the group that can do it. And uh, we'd be remiss if we left out our captain, Jared Tenorti, who, like, I'll be honest, he's been a a leader, and he obviously takes up a lot of space on the ice, plays in every situation for us, and has just been an outstanding guy for uh, an example of what we expect out of anyone who wants to be a Milwaukee Admiral. Absolutely, and he's a big dude too. Don't, nobody mess with Jared Tenorti, that's for sure. <laughs> well, coach, <laughs> well, coach, we thank you so much for your time and giving us some insight on Milwaukee Admirals. I know so many people down here are very excited to watch the Admirals this season and and to track them, track, not just for the Nashville connection, but because there's a lot of fun talent on that team too. So we're very much looking forward to it. And thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, my pleasure. You guys have a great night. Thank you. You too, folks. Uh, Carl Taylor, Milwaukee Admirals head coach. I'm really excited about this team. I mean, so much mm-hmm. good talent. David Poy went on, signed some talent, acquired some talent that traded PK Subban as well. And you have some guys that have been draft picks in this in this club, turning pro, and now the opportunity to play pro in Milwaukee. So it's it's going to be a fun time to watch Milwaukee Admirals hockey. Yep, it's very true, and it, you hate to see them start off. Right, you know, uh, it's such a slow start, and you because you know the talent that's there, and you know that they're going to have a better season than that one game shows. But, um, but I'm excited to see 
beyond that. I know, like you said, the injuries, I mean, that's terrible, but it's like they're, they happen. They're going to happen to any team. Nobody's exempt from it. So they'll work through it, and they'll get through. But, I mean, man, they are stacked this year. They are. Okay, up next on Penalty Box Radio, Philip Tomasino, the 2019 Preds draft pick in the first round. Up next here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Penalty Box Radio, Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Calvin dropping them beats. And we're dropping those dance moves. Yeah, we are bobbing our heads back here. Want to touch on this? Your source for your insurance needs, Farmers Insurance, Lawrence Williams in Hendersonville, Tennessee. He is a lifelong resident of Sumner County, serving you as your local farmer's agent in Hendersonville. The Williams Agency is a second-generation, family-owned, hometown hospitality that is forefront of customer service values. You can find him in Hendersonville. That's Lawrence Williams, the Williams Agency in Hendersonville, Tennessee, with Farmers Insurance. Reach him at 615-264-8418. Okay, now it's time to talk with Philip Tomasino. He's the OHL Player of the Week, a 2019 Predators first-round draft pick and a current forward for the Niagara Ice Dogs. Philip, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, so let's go ahead and start off with you're off to a killer start to this season, man. Is it one of those things where you're just building off all the momentum that you've had going since training camp and everything? Um, Yeah, I think um, obviously uh, I learned a lot um, at Preds training camp and I uh, kind of just try to use everything I learned there and kind of carry it on to to kind of my junior team. And, uh, and obviously, I think uh, not only myself, but I think our team's had a pretty good start uh, up to this point. So hopefully uh, we can continue to keep this going here. So, And Philip, like Justin mentioned, we want to congratulate you on being named OHL Player of the Week. I know that has to be a great feeling for you personally, and I know it's got to be a really, really good feeling for your team uh, for you to receive that recognition. So congrats. Um, Thank you. I- Appreciate it, appreciate it. Absolutely. And looking at your development overall in the last year, where do you feel like your game has most improved, and what's that development process been like for you to get there? Um, I think for sure uh, strength. I mean, um, you know, just, just kind of playing you know, playing against, obviously, you know, the guys on, on, on Nashville and kind of around the, the rookie showcase to see uh, how much stronger the guys are at that level and, um, you know, kind of how, how, how much stronger I, I need to get, but. Uh, I think I've really improved uh, in that that aspect of my game for sure over the last couple of years. I think that's kind of really helped my, you know take my game to the, kind of the next level. But um, you know that's something still you know, I want to be able to work on. Obviously, like I said, uh, those guys are uh, are pretty big guys, and uh, it's hard to you know it's hard to to win puck battles. But you know if you get stronger, I think uh, you know it kind of helped me uh, you know obviously get to to, to where I want to be quicker for sure. So. And while we have you here, I want you to walk us through something, something that none of us here have ever experienced. So you wake up one morning and you're, something that you've worked for your entire life has happened. You're drafted to the NHL. Is there a mindset, a mindset shift that comes like with that? Or do you just kind of try to prepare yourself by doing your day to day that you normally do? Or is it something that drastically changes for you? What's that, what's that process been like? Um, I think, I think it's still a day to day process. I mean, um, obviously, that this, this summer, this past summer was definitely uh, you know, the best best couple of months of my life for sure. And um, but like I said, you know, I've learned uh, learned a lot uh, you know over the last couple of months here. So uh, I kind of just you know like like I said, take it day by day and try to use everything I can you know that that I've learned uh, throughout that time. And 
uh, just, you know, kind of work through the process and, um, you know, obviously try and help, uh, you know, some of the younger guys on our team with, uh, with what I've been taught as well and uh, just take it, uh, you know, take it one, one step at a time and kind of, kind of keep going and, um, you know, but obviously, you know, the thought of, uh, you know, finally, finally being drafted and, and kind of getting a draft over us is definitely, uh, definitely something that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, don't have to, you know, kind of uh, worry about that anymore and kind of just worry about where am I, you know, playing my game now. So uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh, it's definitely been a memorable journey up to this point for sure. And you continue to make memories, I'm sure, because last week you tied an OH uh, an Ice Dogs record, franchise record with six points. You got a hat trick and also three assists in an 8-4 win over over Kingston. So was this just this kind of game where you're just feeling it out there and anything that you were doing was really just falling into place for you? Was it that kind of game for you out there? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that, that's a pretty <laughs> accurate way to describe it. I think... Uh, we had uh, a few power play goals. Our, our power play was, was really quick in that game. And, uh, but I think, uh, you know, credit to, to my teammates as well. They, you know, they did a great job of, of uh, obviously, you know, kind of playing well alongside me. And uh, I definitely would have uh, kind of been able to get, you know, that, that type of performance without them. So uh, a lot of credit to them. And uh, it's obviously nice to kind of get that win as well. We were on a little bit of a, a losing streak heading into that game. So it was nice to kind of, you know, uh, no, finish the weekend on a winning note, and obviously we want to continue that heading into uh, this weekend as well. So, and again, it's a now your ice dog and National Predators first round pick in 2019. Philip Tomasino join us here on Penalty Box Radio, and Philip, you 15 points in seven games. That's a that's a pretty darn good start to the season. Obviously, what's more important is how the team is overall performing because you want to make sure the team's doing well, but. What what is leading off to such a good start for you right now with those fifteen points? I mean, yeah, you had six points in that one game, but what is what is clicking so well for you this season? Um, honestly, I think uh, my teammates. I think my teammates have you know, really helped me, and uh, I think we've been we've been clicking. Like I said, our power play um, five on five. You know, everything just kind of been you know been clicking really well, and you know we've we've, we've you know we've kind of had a hot start as a team as well. So uh, honestly, a lot of credit to my teammates. They've you know, I definitely wouldn't be able to. And you no know, points aren't kind of the main thing. You know, obviously, like you said, you want to win. And um, but no, it's nice to, to have teammates that you know kind of that you can you know count on, and, and you know are such great such great teammates, and obviously are, are great players as well. And you know, I'm lucky enough to, to play alongside them as well. And, and speaking of teammates, I mean, you're, you're surrounded by other talent that's obviously been drafted into the NHL, and we talk a lot about the Ontario Hockey League here, just to make sure people are informed about it, but I want to get your perspective. What's it like to play in the OHL? What's that experience been like for you? And obviously you're playing with guys that you're going to go on, you're going to be a pro, they're going to be a pro for other teams, you're going to know each other your whole lives and everything, but knowing now that you're playing for the, the Niagara Ice Dogs and having this experience, what has this been like for you just as a hockey player? Um, yeah, it's taught me a lot, obviously, you know, I I've been in the league for this is my third year, so I've been here since since I was 16, and um, didn't really know too much about the league uh, heading into it. But uh, I've definitely learned a lot, and you know, a lot of credit to my to my you know my my coaching staff and, and management and uh, and teammates as well for kind of helping me you know alongside the journey. And uh, but it's been uh, it's been an awesome ride. Obviously, you know, there's a ton ton of uh, great players in the league, and uh, you know, it's awesome to kind of have that competitiveness and. You'll be able to play against and with some of the best players, uh, you know, maybe some players that you know, hopefully end up playing one day in the NHL. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've, I've learned a ton. And, uh, but, you know, kind of now, you know, I'm kind of maybe the guy that, you know, wants to teach some of the younger guys the ropes. So, um, you know, that I kind of uh, take, take pride in doing that. So uh, it's been, uh, like I said, it's been an, an awesome ride. And um, it's been uh, an awesome journey up to this point. So. 
And, and I know we, we talked about it when you're down here for rookie camp and for training camp, but it formed a little bit of a bond with Igor Afanasi of the second-round pick of the Predators. You guys are roommates for parts of camp as well, and now you guys are only going to see each other twice during the entire OHL season because you're in, you're in different conferences. So, But is this one of those things where you're going to keep in touch with a guy like that, you know, when you're part of the same organization and everything? What's it like to form a bond with somebody at the draft like that, you know, when you're part of the same organization? Yeah, obviously, you know, Igor's a great guy. I kind of knew, actually knew him before, uh, prior prior to the draft a little bit. So, uh, you know, ever since the draft, we've, we've kind of been close. And obviously, I've talked to him a little bit you know, after we've uh, we kind of parted ways at at, at, uh, at main camp. But uh, he's he's a great player. And, you know, obviously, we only, we only play him twice a year. So, uh, it's going to be a fun matchup. And uh, when, when you play a kind of a guy like that, that you, you know, you've kind of, you know, roomed with for, for a couple of weeks, you know, at camp. So, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fun, and obviously he's uh, he's a great player, so it's gonna be a good good test for our team, and um, we're definitely looking forward to it. So, and so before I have to let you go, is it okay if we ask you some lightning round questions? You okay with that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're gonna change things up and talk things not hockey with you to try okay. to just change change the tables here. What is your favorite junk food to eat? Um, probably chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate oh. bars or something like that. Yeah. All right. Do you have a favorite TV show that you tend to binge watch whenever you want to? Ah, uh, Stranger Things, probably. All right, okay. And gotta ask you: Are you into superhero movies? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty big, pretty big superhero guy. So, if you if you were to be a superhero, which one would you want to be? Um, probably, <laughs> uh, probably Superman. I think that's that's all right. Cool all right. Yeah. And do you think a hot dog is a sandwich or not? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm not a big hot dog guy, so I would say no. Thank you. I uh, agree. No, no <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Philip, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and good luck the rest of the season. Everybody's cheering for you down here. What a great start to the season. Congratulations on OHL Player of the Week, and just keep it up, man. We're so excited to see you down here in, yeah. in the future. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. All right. Philip Tomasino, the 2019 first-round pick for the National Predators. Boy, you know, he really impressed during camp, and he's one of those guys – I think has a major opportunity next off season mm-hmm. to start pushing for a spot. Yeah, he really does. And it's fantastic hearing his perspective on the game. And it's always fascinating to me at such a young age at 19. I mean, these guys have <laughs> such a grasp for what the game is all about. And he's very, very impressive on and off the ice. And it's good to see that too, because he, he's been playing wing, but he can also be a center and drafted, I think as a center, but a lot of times, you start out as a wing and you move your way. I mean, look how many centers the Dashboard Predators. Philip Forsberg, so for some reason, is still listed as a center, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is crazy up there. But but looking at this, too, that draft class, I think, has a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of potential in the 2019 draft class for the Predators, not just Tomasino, but Igor Afanasiev as well, who, when you track it, track it all back to the P.K. Subban trade, if he becomes something and they win something, a trade becomes more worth it, but it's kind of to be patient and wait. But I really like the draft class the Predators had. Philip Tomasino, I think, was an excellent choice, and he's just been great to talk to, so really glad we could get him on the show. Okay, up next, a lot of people love this segment. We found some more dumb things said on Pred's Facebook. Shocking, I know. Plus, lots of questions came in. We're going to try to get to as many as we can. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 1025 The Game. Penalty Box Radio, Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, got the interns in the studio, producer Calvin with them B. 
beats, man. I'll give anyone in that studio $100 if you can tell me who the artist of that song is. You know I don't know that. <laughs> you guys always get down when I play them, though, so. I, yeah, I like it a lot. Tell us, tell us. Yeah. That is Da Baby. Da Baby. Da Baby. Da Baby. Da Baby in the house. Da Baby. All right. We got to get to it. Dumb things said on Brad's Facebook. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Go. <sighs> this was after the Red Wings loss. Anything less than the Stanley Cup this year is a catastrophe. Sick of this mediocrity. If we're talking mediocrity... Justin, don't read my messages on air. (laughs) If we're talking (laughs) mediocrity, let's look at the Minnesota Wild. Let's look at the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, that's mediocrity. Yeah. Making the playoffs, you're not going to be mediocre. Having a couple runs, yes, you want to win the championship. Yes, it's important to win the championship. But a little bit of overreaction. Just a yeah. tad. Just a tad. Because that, if, that, if that is actually true, then what do you say about the Stanley Cup run when they were so close, so close. to winning the Stanley Cup? Was that a catastrophe? And unexpected being the, la- the final seed. Yeah. The last seed. Okay, next one. Whew, this was fun. Mm-hmm. The Preds look like they're lost and looking for answers in the power play. The problem is nobody is stepping up. I still blame Yossi. He should be leading by example. <laughs> Two goals. <laughs> I don't even hot taking during play, the game. Just play the baby to drown this out. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Be there leading, we go. Leading by example. Wow. Well, he did, and Yossi gonna be making that money. Yeah, he obviously he obviously read what you wrote, and he's leading totally. by example during so. intermission. You know, you know, before the game during warmups, yeah, he was there with a check in his phone, going, "Oh, Fred's Facebook. I should step up and lead by example. <laughs> I am not doing enough for this one fan." And leading by example. I'm an awful captain. I should be replaced. Oh, my gosh. You I'm going to go out me. there and show them. Don't pay me any money. <laughs> I'm not worth it. This budget contract is totally what I deserve. I don't deserve eight plus million dollars. Take my C. Take it. Take it away. Strip it away. I'm not leading by example. Okay. <laughs> Crock of crap. All right. Here we go. Our questions. Let's kind of change gears here to try to do something here. Casey Hessen, when do we finally see car suit up so we can get someone with a scoring touch on the line with Turris? And do you think that having Turris as the fourth line center is going to happen all season? No, I don't think it's going to happen all season. I think it's going to be a matchup thing. I think it's going to be where they're going to try different things out. There's only three games in, so I think there's going to be an opportunity for Daniel Carr to get in there as well. And again, it could be matchups. I do want to see Daniel Carr. I want to see what he has to offer. I want to see what he can do in an NHL lineup. So I think that time is coming. They're going to flip it out. I mean, we saw how they scratched Ham Hughes for a game and gave Matt Irwin a chance. And so mm-hmm. I think we'll see an opportunity for Daniel Carr to get in the lineup soon. But I don't think Kyle Turris is going to be a number four center all season. I just don't think that's going to happen. No, and I mean, I mean, he scored. He scored last night. So that was a pretty good snipe, too. It was. So I yeah. say that you know he's got the scoring prowess that you're looking for on that line. If you could see Glenn right now, she I've is. I've got prowess. She, she's <laughs> clawing. It, she's air clawing right now. Okay, has been sports. Our friends at has been sports. How many holes does a straw have? One or two? Oh, that's actually a really good question. It's got one. One hole. Yeah. Just one. Compete. One all the way down. Yeah. One all the way. It looks like two though. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, I'm at, I'm gonna make I'm gonna sleep on it tonight, but I'm pretty sure it's one. Okay, Corey Curtis, friend Corey Curtis from News Two. Why does anyone dip French fries in a milkshake? 
I think he's hating on French fries in a frosty. Oh, I thought it said, does anyone? Oh, why does, why anyone? does anyone? Because one, as long as it's a frosty and it's Wendy's fries, because it tastes delicious. Exactly. Did you see somebody doing that after the game last night, Corey, when you picked Don't up your be frosty? Hating. Don't be hating, Because I picked up my frosty, but I didn't buy any fries last Don't night. Don't be but. hating. Okay, we have Alex Sears asked, the third pair leaves much to be desired. How would you fix it? Someone from Milwaukee or a trade? Whew. Uh <laughs> I'd like to see how some of these guys in Milwaukee are faring first. But obviously, it came down to a numbers crunch. Guys that were on two-way contracts or one-way contracts, and that's because of the money being spent in terms of cap, how much you're paying these guys. You could have to pay them more if they're playing the NHL compared to the AHL. I think it came down to that, which stinks, but that's what the reason was, that you don't want to send someone with a one-way down to Milwaukee and you're paying them a million bucks to be playing in the AHL. It, it stinks, but that's a business thing. It was one guy that really stood out, and I hope he has a good season and is able to break through is Jeremy Davies. I don't think he's NHL ready, but I really, really liked what he had to offer, and who knows? I mean, that's what we asked Carl Taylor about, too. There are so many guys there that are good depth defensemen that could be a call-up, which I think is a good problem to have, but now who do you choose? Carrier's kind of slided off a little bit. Allard's still down there. Santini, Tenorti, Donovan. All those guys could be a fill-in on this roster, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it's one of those things at home, they're going to be protected. When you go on the road, and we're going to see it this weekend, how do they adjust with that third pairing on the road when they don't have the last change? That's the thing that could be a little bit of concern, Glenn. You said it so well, Justin. Oh, well, okay. You did great. All right. Alex Kolsty asks, thoughts on the Duchesne-Forsberg connection so far? Fire! Love it. Fire! Love it, love it. Where love has it, it been all of our lives? <laughs> <laughs> uh, waiting in Colorado and Ottawa mm-hmm. and Columbus and... <gasps> All those other teams? Okay, we have Ads Roundtable, our good friend Daniel. When should I schedule my Nashville vacation this season? Whenever you can get here. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Because we just, miss you. Just do it. It's <laughs> good do people. It. Uh, Yellow5 asks, uh, <laughs> is Justin Bradford ready to openly admit that he is gritty? Y'all, <laughs> it, go look at my Twitter right now, at Rebecca Glenn, because he came into the studio looking gritty-ish. I mean, aside from last night's picture... <laughs> Gritty-ish? Is that yes. a new word, gritty-ish? Yes, he just, I mean, I do the comparison tweet last night, and he just yeah, yeah. so happens to have to wear his hockey outfit. I home I dress because I have to go to the rink right after this. I'm going to be running know, late already. I've been doing the show with you for years, and you've never worn it, so. I've anyway. never had a hockey game on a anyway. Wednesday night. It's Moving orange, on. too. That doesn't help you at exactly. all, Justin. Exactly, he's I wearing I mean, the puffy pants. It's, it's inti- puffy I think pants. this was totally intentional. I'm the objective observer here. Thank oh, you're you. the objective observer. Yes. Thank you. The man behind the glass. No, I keep up with the support. Twitter world, too. I've seen what's going on. I oh, you're one of those Twitter people. You just see what goes on, but you don't interact. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a creeper. <laughs> he's a spectator. Okay, when Carol asks, what is the best single-game ticket to purchase for the month of October? I mean, it's hard to go against the 29th against Chicago. It's just fun. Play against Chicago. That's a fun game. I mean, it's not going to be against Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) I knew the laugh was coming. That's not going to be a fun one. The snort laugh was coming. But I really think Chicago, just because Chicago still has plenty of weapons, they still could be dangerous, and the crowd just gets amped up when they play Chicago. Yeah, it's still like that. I mean, the the vibe in there. I mean, these days, you know, a lot of of teams are bringing that same vibe. Mm-hmm. Preds fans are just showing up regardless, but man, Chicago games still, those are hard yeah. to match. It's certainly not going to be a weeknight against Calgary. No. <laughs> Yawn. Oh my gosh. I'm glad it's a Thursday, though, and not like a Monday or a Tuesday. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Just 
shoot me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brian Bwiz77 asks, how awesome is James Neal? Well, he's doing better now that he's surrounded with talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still don't think they should have protected him, but he's doing better now that he's surrounded by talent. I mean, good start for James Neal to the season. Uh, it's making that contract look a little bit better for him since he's almost matched his goal total from all of last season. I mean, it has taken him a while, so, you know, good for you. Shine while you're going to shine. Gambit1077 asked about the Yossi contract. It's reportedly stalled. Yeah, Elliot Friedman uh, noted that the contract negotiations may have stalled, uh, depending on, you know, term, year, all that, because we're looking at it. I know other shows talked about it, too. I mean, when the new contract starts, he'll be turning 30. So if he signs an eight-year, which you can as an extension, 38 years old and Mm. eight-plus, they're obviously going to have to front load it, do something with that to make it easier on on, on the budget mm-hmm. internally. But it's one of those things that's going to come down. Does Roman Yossi deserve to be paid? Yes, he absolutely does. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. He obviously has an opportunity to, to be nominated for the Norris Trophy this season, especially with P.K. Subban being gone. That he can be the shining light in the blue line and have to battle with others because uh, I don't see Ryan Ellis getting that kind of talk. Matthias Ekholm could be a dark horse candidate as well. But Roman Yossi can have the spotlight on him on the blue line now. Which means he's going to be getting wanting more money. Uh, so I think, I think the concern because it's asking about concern as well. If you get to late January and you don't have an extension, then you start to have a little bit of concern because then you're getting close to the trade deadline. Yeah, that's almost too close <laughs> for comfort for me. It, it, I'm like, obviously, too I'm like close by for end of November, I want to see something. <laughs> no, I, but it doesn't absolutely. help, like she mentioned, you know, with um, with Carlson making, you know, what was it, eleven, eleven, and you're just like. I mean, Yossi is well-deserving of... You don't trade him. Ten, no, not at all. But David Poyle said that he's not going to get Ryan Suter again. Exactly. So, so what do you do? I wanna, yeah, that's why I think all, all, of Pred's, all of Pred's nation wants to see something yeah, we have like sooner two, rather than later. We have later, like two so. minutes. Watch me throw this. What's the return for Roman Yossi? Can we mm. cover that in two minutes? Mm. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd have to be astronomical. Ridiculous but, yeah, like, amount of return. So much that I can't even... Bad so, that because it's not going to happen. It's not so. going to happen, but <laughs> I, I, it's going to come down to this money and term because, I mean, if you could sign him and he's not going to, his camp's not going to, if you get him on a five-year deal, that'd be fantastic. 35 years old, mm-hmm. that'd be yeah. kind of perfect right there. Even six, seven and eight is really pushing it with that age. But I understand, I mean, the business is business and he deserves to be paid given what other defensemen of his Are caliber. Paid, yeah. He made Eric Carlson look stupid again last night. Yeah. It wasn't like before where he just whooped around him and then scored, but he was able to poke a puck around him and Carlson was just like, <laughs> <laughs> Yossi does that. I know. He does that. And so, so Yossi looks at him and is like, well, if you're getting that, then getting I paid, deserve, then I get, I yeah. should really get You paid. deserve to be paid for what you've <laughs> yeah. gone through. Isn't that the line? <laughs> that is. <laughs> so it, it, Jack Woods asked, when does Kyle Turris see top six minutes? Injury. <laughs> it's going to have to happen, I think. I don't think they're going to place, even though they tried him out on the wing during preseason, I think it's going to take an injury of some sort or a tremendous losing streak or something of just poor performance for Kyle Turris to see that. I mean, he could see third line, he could be up there, but I think there's going to be some big time adjusting having to go on. But anyways, folks, I've got to get to the brand new Bellevue Ford Ice Center for a Muddy Drunks hockey game. We've got Mm -hmm. to bolt out of here and enjoy that ice. Grand opening for Fort Ice Center Bellevue is this Saturday. We're broadcasting live. I'll be there with Ryan Porth from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. There's free food, free public skate. You get to do a watch party there at the new sports bar that's going to be there when the Preds take on the Kings. So get down to Fort Ice Center Bellevue and enjoy that this Saturday. For the interns, for producer Calvin, for Glenn Blackwell, this is Justin Bradford. Find everything you need on PenaltyBoxRadio.com for all things hockey and Music City. Thanks for tuning in here on ESPN 1025 The Game.